Well, here we are and picking up into a new season. And, um, you know, for the last three years, and not one that does it every year, but two years ago in 2021, we, we had a sort of theme that we've kind of kept going, fill the house with Jesus. Never did make a banner for last year, but we're going to have to. Last year, we, we carried on that fill the house with Jesus, with following in love with Jesus. And um, this year for 2023, and when I want to take just a few moments and exhort us and encourage us on today, is making space for Jesus. Making space. And that's just the simple thought that you're going you're gonna to hear today in and, and a lot of areas that we're familiar with but that we just have to continue to do. Because if you are living in the same world and the same life that I'm in, you know, things tend to creep. Space tends to disappear. Time tends to disappear. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It was the most amazing thing yesterday and completely non-related, but it's, it's all interesting. We we, of course, took a few days and we started to do our cleanup around here, as we do with any holiday and any time that the offices are closed and we have an extra minute. And by the time we, we cleaned up all the packaged everything, things that needed to be kind of boxed up over there and de- decorations from here and things that had piled up in there. And I got my 16-foot trailer out there and I said, let's put everything on the trailer. I'm thinking, you know, we're going to have maybe a little bit of a trailer, full stuff. And by the time we get to the end of it, we're like, anybody got another trailer? <laughs> I mean, things just, things just creep. It creeps and it adds and it adds and it adds. And I'm like, I'm scratching my head. We couldn't even, we weren't even about to go try to put it into storage yesterday because I said, thought to myself, we're going to have to like totally empty the storage, repack the storage in order to put more storage in the storage. I'm like, I don't know. But it's just another example of how things just creep, things add, and making space, (laughs) and a silliest illustration, like making space in a storage unit, like making space in our life and keeping that space designated, prioritized, for the things that it needs to be prioritized for. And in today's context, we're talking about making space for Jesus. You know, we're going to start in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 5 in just a moment, or 1 through 4. But in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which... God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus, even to all that he saw. Verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. 
You know, as we alluded to, as I alluded to just a moment ago in regards to responding to God's correction in our life, everything in our walk with God is about us being responsive, right? It's not just about one facet and leaving out other aspects of journeying with Christ, but every aspect is about us being responsive. And in the beginning of this revelation, which we know is such an important prophecy of things to come, as, as all the books of the Bible are important, but Revelation holds one of those unique places of just sharing with us and showing us all these things that are, that are going to be coming to pass. Number one, it says that it'll soon take place. And of course, the God's term soon is a little different than ours. Our, our turn soon is like, Pastor, are you soon going to be finished preaching? Like, you know, I'm ready for whatever you're doing for New Year's. That's, that's our sort of soon. That's our definition of soon. You know, in Revelation, it says that these things must soon take place. You know, we're, we're a couple millennia in it, and, and the soon is still relevant, right? And so a little bit different take on what soon means, but it says at the end of verse 3 also that the time is near. And so it's talking about just the, the urgency of hearing and being responsive to the words in particularly this case, the, the book of Revelation, but we can apply this to the entirety of the instructions and the guidance of God's word into our lives. And it tells us three things, three things in regards to this receiving and being responsive to this revelation and this prophecy. Number one, it talks about reading. It says that make sure that you are, in verse three, he who reads, even says aloud, you know, that's why we love reading scripture here and just reading a lot of it in all the different, you know, whatever it might be from New Year's Eve service to Sunday morning. We just believe in the out loud reading of scripture, but it doesn't stop with just reading it because in this context, he's going and telling us that and blessed are those who hear. Everybody say read. read. Everybody say number two, hear. hear. And then it doesn't stop with hear, but it actually says, but whoever keeps. So you have to, you got to read it to get it into your heart, to get it into your, your mind, into your thoughts. But just reading it's not enough. You actually have to hear it. This is like, you know, what we say sometimes, like, you know, the phrase, I think I'm, I feel like I'm banging my head against a brick wall. You know, like most of us wives feel like when you're talking to your husbands, right? No, I'm kidding. Or vice versa, husbands, when talking to your wives, you know, are you hearing me? How many times have you said that this week? No, nobody has said that this week. Harrison, really? Who'd you say that to? To mom, oh, you better not say mom. Mom's right there next to you. She, she'll get you. That mom will get you. I've said it this week. Me and my wife and I have said it. Are you, are you hearing me? I said, this is what I'm hearing. Y'all like looking at me like a little crazy right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm touching a soft spot because everybody's like really quiet on that one. Nobody has said, are you hearing me this week? Interesting. It's only, oh, I'm sorry, last week. <laughs> Does that work? Was I, was I, I'm sorry, but I was like, oh, it's early in the morning. We, we went to sleep late. 
We woke up early, and we haven't had a chance to say that this week yet. Anybody say that last week? All right. A few on, a few more honest people. Reading, hearing, and then keeping. You actually have to respond. You actually have to respond. You actually have to, to do something in our lives. And, and I'm not going to claim today's message is going to be very deep or very difficult, but it will be very direct. That you have to be a responsive person in making space for Jesus in your life. Making space in all those, in all those basic and standard areas where it's, whether it's prayer and Bible reading, whether it's church and worship and community, whether it's in your, your finances and your tithing and your giving and your, your sowing, whether it's in helping people, serving people, using your giftings, you have to be intentional about making space. And Lori shared some of that last night with that word that she read and spoke for, just the intentionality of living. And we have to be intentional in terms of making space. And Revelation tells us that we need to read, hear, and keep. And so we go on from there and talking about making, number two, making space for Jesus to work in your life. Now, I remember, and I've shared with you before, when I was a young man, 20, 20, probably three, maybe at that time, maybe 24, and, and I went to my pastor talking about some of my plans, and I kind of had, I was a fairly new believer still at that point, got saved at, at 18, so not brand new, but, but, um, but new enough to still think that I knew it all. Amen? Y'all understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Knew enough to still think that those few years that I had of reading my Bible and being filled with the Holy Ghost and walking with the Lord, that, whoo, I got it. I understand this thing. And I had sort of the, I, the idea in my mind that, you know, well, if it's God's plan and if it's God's will, that no matter what I do, it's just going to poof just sort of happen in my life. And I kind of had that sort of mentality on how I was going to live. And, and of course, one can argue the, the sovereignty of the Lord and the plan of God. And we're not, we're not there right now. What we're, where we're at right now is just us being a willing and obedient people to follow and obey God. And I was about to make a decision back in that 23, 24-year-old know-it-all sort of state and I'll never forget, one of my pastors at the time, they, they just looked at me and they, I said, you know, well, if it's the plan of God, and of course, at this time, I was, I was called to ministry and I, was, I knew it at the time already, but I was making a decision that was going to put me back out of working in the church and it was going to put me into just the marketplace. And somebody had come to me and said, oh, you're, you're charismatic, Man, you're, you're good with people. People like you. You can go out there and make some money. And I heard money. And at the time, I was making peanuts. I got three bags of peanuts a week. And it was, it was enough to sort of, you know, sustain me and somehow pay my few little bills. But I heard, man, you can go make some money out there. And as a 24-year-old, passionate about the Lord, called to ministry, that appealed to me. 
And I was like, you know what? I want to marry somebody. I want to marry somebody. I got to get my act together. I got to get out there and make some money. And, and, um, and I told that pastor, I said, well, you know, I'm just going to go and do this now. And I've made my decision. And, and you know, if, if the God's plan and God's will in my life will, will still come to pass. And I left, and they kind of let me leave. And a little while later, five minutes later, they were kind of walking down the hallway and saw me as they were, I was standing in the hallway telling everybody what I just got finished telling pastor. And, um, and they said, come back in the office. I don't think we're finished yet. And I went back in there, and they began to lovingly but directly tell me exactly what I needed to hear. And essentially just paraphrasing it, because we might not be able to handle exactly what they told me. <laughs> Seriously. But what they told me, paraphrase, was you have to go after the plan of God for your life. And it cannot be, you know, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of float around out there and do what I want to do and still feel like all of God's plans are going to come to pass in my life. And the, the end of what they basically told me, they said, you have to grab a hold of it with everything in you. And you have to pursue it with your life. And the end result of that was I received the correction. Me, like many of us, I've never been good at receiving correction. Is anybody else not good at receiving correction? Just join me. It's probably half of us. Some of us are, some of us are good at it, you know. Um, but others of us are just not good at it. And I've always been on the not good side because, again, I knew it all already. And it's only been about the past five years or so that I started unknowing all the things that I've known for so long. <laughs> Actually, it's probably been the past eight years. And so the result was I, I took that correction with grinding my teeth and just a little bit upset. I listened. I changed my mind. I told the guy who was going to line my pockets with gold and silver. I said, man, I just, I can't accept the job. I'm going to have to pass. Oh, are you sure? Man, you're going to be making this much money within six months. Don't they love to tell you that? <laughs> within six months or 12 months, you're going to be making this much money? I said, I said, thank you, but I got to pass. And I kept on. And, and here's a six months later. Was it six months later? Approximately six to 12 months later, I ended up. In the Philippines. And after that, the story was over. Had I, in my natural understanding of things, had I not made space for just obeying and pursuing the Lord and just walking away and doing my thing, the opportunity that soon arose in my life very likely would have not been there before me. That's how I see it. That's how I now, these 20-some-odd years later, that's how I see that situation that took place in my life. So we have to make space for Jesus to work in our life. It's space. It's intentional space. It's space that we make that it's, it's, it's heart space. It's attitude space. It's, it's time and, and routine, and we'll get to some of those in, in a little bit. But listen to this in Matthew chapter 8. And this is kind of a heart attitude regarding making space for Jesus to work in our life. In Matthew 8, verses 1 through 4, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. 
And behold, a leopard came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You see, here we have this leper that obviously this, this popular story of this leper who's encountering Christ. And, and you know, sometimes we, we kind of look at this story as, as I have in the past and, and look at it in one, from one perspective that was like, you know, oh, he was kind of like, if you are willing. You know, he wasn't, he didn't come across very confident. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of faith at work there. You know, but here he was encountering the Lord saying, if you're willing. You know, we have to understand like many of us in many of our lives, and though it might not be leprosy today, I mean, many of us, life has just beat us down. And leprosy at this time was one of these one of these diseases that now is reflective of just people's lives and, and just the circumstances that sometimes we find ourselves in from unexpected things that have taken place in our life. I mean, this it took this man everything in him, and it was faith when he came to him and said, Lord, if you're willing, if you're willing. You see, what we're, what we're not always seeing with this leper is that he did not have Lord you're not willing attitude that was not his perspective that was not his his view of Jesus it was not Lord you're not willing but it was more of a of a request from one that has been beaten up by this disease and or beaten up by the circumstances of life and it's this idea of understanding, understanding the desire of Christ for our lives. So many times after we, we get beat down, we, we sometimes put on ourselves the whole inadequate thing. Has anybody ever been there before? You say to yourself, maybe oftentimes not out loud, you're thinking it. Well, I'm, I'm so stupid. I'm so poor. I'm so inadequate or the Lord doesn't we might even think and in our heart the Lord the Lord truly doesn't really care about me he's really not willing to touch my life and to heal and cleanse my life and and that's one of the things that we need to allow the Lord to come in and to to really change that that attitude and that understanding because making space for Jesus if we're going to be a people who who really make space for Jesus in our life we need to be a people who have a who are hopeful we're a people who believe that Jesus actually is willing to touch and to cleanse and to change our lives. It's not, just a, it's not just a religion. It's not just a preacher preaching what he has to preach on a Sunday morning. It's not just what we have to tell our kids because, oh, we want to be good examples to them. But that Jesus actually has a desire 
I mean, we have to get the basic, the basic desires of Christ for our life so deeply rooted in our heart, in our theology, in our doctrine that no matter what sort of curveball, knuckleball, or any other sort of spitball that comes at us in life, it's not going to shake us from the core belief of what Jesus desires for our life. Salvation, deliverance, being made whole, being provided for, being filled with joy and peace and power and receiving, at the end of it all, everlasting life. You see, our condition, your condition, doesn't concern Christ to the point of him stepping back and like, nah, you're... Your case is a little bit too difficult for me. Though sometimes how we perceive and how we make space for Jesus in our life is sort of revealing that this is the attitude of our heart. We would rather hold on to our condition rather than just go and bring it to Jesus. And Lord, are you willing, as Jesus said in Matthew 8, 3, Then Jesus, or as the word says, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Jesus was not afraid to touch the leprosy and to cleanse it from his life. He comes in and he makes all things new. He comes in and he cleanses us. And as it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's something you need to make very, very personal in your life. If God is for me, who then can be against me? In other words, saying that even if somebody might appear to be against me, even if it seems like Satan might be trying to throw his little tricks and his little tactics at me, or even if I am fighting or button heads with people, if God is for me, no matter who might be against me, it doesn't change his plan or his purpose for my life. That same pastor looked at me one day as I was button heads with somebody who I was convinced was against me. Just, oh man, they're, they're just they're against me, they're fighting me. And that same pastor looked and said, there is no person on this planet now or ever will be that can stop or change the plan of God for your life. And that, oh, you know, that was, again, remember, I didn't like being corrected. It was, again, one of those pins and needles just sort of went in. But it was something that I've obviously all these years later have never forgotten. Never forgotten. That no matter who's fighting you, no matter what your perception is and is for yourself. I mean, we say the Lord is for you. There's actually many, many, many people in this life that is for you. We tend to focus on the ones who are against us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We, we highlight and we put on a pedestal, you know, the, the failures and the ones that are fighting us rather than, rather than highlighting and remembering and, and really like putting the time and investment into those who are for us. But I have a question. 
The Lord is for you. Many people are for you. Are you for you? (laughs) Are you for you? God is for you. God's placed so many people in our life that are for us in spite of all the situations and circumstances and those few that might be seemingly against us. God's for us and put all these people that are for us. But are you for you? Because sometimes and, and many times I see that, that many times we are our own worst enemies. We are our own worst enemies. We put the roadblocks up of doubt and unbelief and, and sin and all these things. We are the ones who, who control these things. And all we have to do is we have to be for us. We have to be for the plan that God has for our lives. You've got to be for you. I mean, God, thankfully, is bigger than us, and, and thankfully, at our salvation, he, he superseded all of our stupidity. Somebody say amen. I mean, he just sort of bypassed it, overlooked it, and revealed himself to our life. But, but what, I, what I do find, what I do find is as we, as we journey in our relationship with Christ and as we mature, it's not a whole lot different from our own kids. And those of us, many of us still have smaller children, but, but some of us have already had those grown children in our life. And parents, at what point do you have to just say, you know what, they got to make their decisions. Right, mom and dads, all those that have the older ones and the married ones and all those things. At some point, you realize you're like, shoot, I can't tell them what to do anymore. I can't make the right decision for them anymore. They have to do it themselves. And in some ways, I'm telling you, in some ways, it's similar in our relationship with Christ. He supersedes so much of our stupidity in the beginning, but as we journey and as we walk with him and as we, he who has been enlightened, he who has come and tasted of the heavenly gift, there is a responsibility to make space for the Lord, for his word, for his plan, for his purpose. You have a responsibility to make space for him. Amen. And making space is you being for you and for God's plan for your life. We have to make space in our thought life. I told you today is going to be simple yet direct. We have to make space in our thought life where it says in Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 and perhaps 9, but maybe just 8. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things, no, it's just verse 8, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Here we have this this direct instruction as to how we should govern and what we should be doing with the space between our ears how we should be managing this space what we should be using this this brain power like i 
like to call the greatest computer in all the universe resides in between those two ears on your head. Thinking on such things, allowing Christ to get a hold of your thought life. And actually, it, it kind of goes more like this. If, if we allow Christ to get a hold of our life, Christ will get a hold of our thought life. If we are a people who, who are Christ-focused, Christ-focused, then our thought life will become Christ-focused. The mind that's thinking about Jesus, simple stuff. And in Isaiah, though, in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. What are we doing with our, the space, our mind space, the things that we're thinking about that aren't lovely or true, the things that we're allowing to invade? into our thought life. I mean, it's so, it's so true that if we sit around and think on certain things and we just allow those things just to, to rule our thought life, that, that those things have much more power to become true and real in your life. It's a fact. Take captive the thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. There's, a, there's obviously a, a war, and, and again, I'm not telling most of us anything new today, but there is obviously a battle that is continually raging between your ears on the things that you're thinking about all day long, the things that you're, that you're putting in there, you're downloading into there, the things that, that's why just simply getting the Word of God into our hearts, having on worship music, filling the atmosphere with, with true and noble and just and pure things is so important. So important. Everything that, that we can do in our life that just gives us a, just a little bit more of an advantage in our thought life. Because we need to be a people who are making space in our thought life. We're going to move a little faster making space in how we make our decisions. Making space for Jesus in how we make our decisions. In James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, it says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend the year and buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen Tomorrow, And, and the, the, the overall context here is, again, what we read in Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You who say, today, tomorrow, I am going to go and do this. Not leaving space to, or seeking the Lord. It's the same error that... King David made when he went to go retrieve the ark and bring it back to the city of David. It all looked good. It all looked wonderful. He put together the big celebration and and he came and he did it all wrong. And of course, we know the end, the tragic ending of that first attempt to bring the ark back. But the end of it was, it was because David did not inquire of the Lord. He didn't read his Bible. 
we're going to be simple today, right? No, seriously. David just didn't. He wasn't reading his Bible. He was a musician. You know those musicians. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. He was worshiping and singing. But the Lord basically looked at him and says, son, you didn't read the Bible. You didn't read the word. You didn't, you didn't go and remind yourself because I put, I put a process. I put an order in place for how this was supposed to happen. David leaned on his own understanding. David leaned on what he thought was going to be magnificent. And it was to the, to the eye. It was magnificent with the tens of thousands of worshipers. It was probably one of the most magnificent worship sites ever until that tragic happening took place when they went to cross that threshing floor not leaning not just saying i'm going to do this today or tomorrow i'm just i'm doing this but it is a matter of inquiring of the lord Life is too quick. It passes us by too quickly to just live this thing casually. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. The word says here, it says you, none of us really know what will happen tomorrow. What a true statement. We would like to be able to think we know or predict what we think we know. But it says, for what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away? Instead, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. And it's not just a matter of saying, well, if the Lord wills. It's a matter of seeking his will. Getting the peace of God. Letting the Holy Spirit speak. Letting the Holy Spirit bring the peace of God. If you're a, if you're a married couple, the husband and wife are, are in serving the Lord or in agreement. The peace of God is there. If you're a child and making a decision about your future and your parents are there supportive and with you, you, you have the, the peace of God with those who are accountable for you. If, if you are a person who's journeying in this life as a single individual or just whatever life, you have other people that are walking with you yes the holy spirit's there yes the peace of god and we're inquiring of god but i'm telling you there is safety in the multitude of counsel there is safety in in trusting people who god has placed in our life to help us navigate the waters called life so we say instead if the lord wills and what i often find about that that Making space in our decision, if the Lord wills, that that oftentimes takes that oftentimes takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of time. You've heard us share about our transition some years back. Now it's amazing that was we've been back home for five years already. Isn't that just crazy? Five years, um, five days ago or six days ago, and you know. We knew how important the decision was for us and my family coming back stateside and, and to our hometown. It took us in that importance of that decision, having been gone for a decade. 
I mean, we, we inquired of the Lord for nearly 18 months. Nearly 18 months and the whole time, whole time just, just talking and praying and asking some counsel in our lives. And, and the whole time just, just, just with the attitude of we don't want to just lean on our understanding. We don't want to just make a unilateral decision and just go with it. We needed to have the peace of God and the leading of the Holy, Holy Spirit inquiring of the Lord's will. We shall live and do this or that, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. You know you're not supposed to be doing something if you know you're not making space for the Lord in your life, in your decisions, and in, in the, the direction that you're going. If we need to, perhaps this year, we need to just put a turn there and we need to make some space in that area for the Lord to have his way in our life. There's a quote, an old quote that I heard that, that paraphrases something of Martin Luther that he estimated in some of his readings someplace, he estimated a very dim number of just like 10 of every 10,000 people that are actually living their life with the idea of numbering their days intentionally. That's, I'm convicted. I am deeply convicted by that statement by this man. Number five, and we just have two more, two more quick ones after this one. Number five is making space for the call of God in your life. Making space for the call of God. Isaiah 48, 6 says, you have heard, see all this, and will you not declare it? I have made you hear new things from this time, even hidden things you did not know of. Making space for newness to come into your life. I want you to think about that for a moment. I mean, we are creatures of habit. Many of us, let me just ask you this. How many of you find great peace and comfort in your routine? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm like right there. I'm like, I know what I love. I know what I like. Older you get, the more you know what you like, and more importantly, the more you know what you don't like. Man, I found a pair of shoes the other day. I better not go there. And it's going to waste time, precious time. I'm going to talk about my new shoes. I'm going to put my new shoes in, my, in one of my sermons soon. I was talking to Caden about, oh, my, whoo, my feet. I didn't wear them today, Caden. I, 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 I chickened out. I told him, I said, I'm never going to wear anything else but my new shoes. New things. I put some new, I put a new thing on my feet the other day because one of the things, man, I said I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> Older I get, boy, my feet. My feet. I'm constantly thinking about my feet. Is anybody else there with me constantly? Your feet? I mean, it's like, man, things that they don't tell you when you're young. I wish somebody would have told me, you know, getting old, your feet start to hurt. They do whatever. They flatten. They enlarge. They, it's just mind-boggling with my feet. 
But the point is, and I have a, just a small, I have a small point with that. Somebody told me, listen to me, this is actually, it's actually a pretty good illustration. Now that I'm there and I said I wasn't going to go there. Somebody told me a year ago, they told me a year ago, try these shoes. You'll never wear anything else ever again. That was their words to me over a year ago. And me, I went there one day and being as cheap as I am, and really I have these categories in my life and in my mind, I do have my shoes, but most of my shoes I've had for years, and occasionally I buy a new one, but I'm like, my kids need shoes, <laughs> right? Anybody who has kids, you're like, man, they go through like one pair of shoes every three months, especially with the way they make shoes nowadays. Shoes, like everything else, they make to fail. So I'm like constantly just spending my their life you know, inheritance on shoes. So I I went a year ago when the person told me I went to go buy the shoes and I had them in my hand, tried them on, but I was like, it was just one of those days, you know, I'm like, I just don't want to spend this money. Everybody ever been there, right? You're like, you know what? It would probably be nice and I could probably, I'm sure, you know, it's not a problem. I just don't want to spend the money. And I literally tried them on. I put them back. I told myself, oh, they don't fit. They don't have half sizes. They don't fit. A year later, I told my wife the other day, my feet were just hurting. I was wearing the same shoes I've been wearing for the last two years. And I told him, I said, I'm going right now to buy one of those pair of shoes. And I'm not leaving the store without the shoes. I almost left without the shoes because, again, I was, I was, I was walking to the cash register in one, st- in one size. And, yeah, I had them on my feet and everything. I don't know where you stand on that. I'm sorry. I just, had to, I just had to know how they feel before I swipe the card. So I'm walking to the cash register, and I'm like, and I'm almost there. And I'm like, you know what? This is the wrong size. <laughs> and I literally went back. I threw them off and grabbed the other ones, and I started walking. I'm like, okay, that's a little better. Just laced them up a little bit. And my whole point is that it took me, it took me a year When somebody told me, and again, this is a small thing. We're talking about shoes on feet. We're not talking about eternity. We're not talking about the plan of God for your life. We're not talking about your life's decisions, where you're going to geographically live. Like we're talking about Taiwan and all. But I just simply put these shoes on my feet. And I tell you, other than today, right now, I have not taken them off. I'm sleeping with them. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm kidding. They've revolutionized my feet in the past week. No joke. I know this is like, I, I, can't, I can't promote. I'll tell you afterwards. I can't be like, you know, I can't just like, these shoes, you go. You know, you're going to think I have stock in the company or something, right, for our little community. Because if I say it, it's really the stock is going to go up, right? Whatever. Make, hey, dude. There you go. I said it. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. And dudette. There are hey, dudettes. But they still call the dudettes dude as well. What are we talking about? We're talking about, listen, we're going to bring it in. We're talking about stepping out to new things. I was I was gonna try I was gonna try to make that transition seriously. You're not helping. Oh, 
oh, wow, that actually worked. I'm just realizing that actually worked. Stepping out to new things. Look at to the part. Oh. It's New Year's. Do I get a pass today? Uh, do I get a pass? I was up past my bedtime. Stepping out to new things. We're going to try to bring this in. Stepping out to new things. I actually have that written. I'm not just saying that. It's actually on there. It just actually all kind of just works. The Lord says, even hidden things that you did not know, new things in our life. Walking in new walking in new areas in our life. Making space for God to do something new in your life. I know we're joking and we're playing a little bit, but this is so, it's so serious. We get so caught up in our same old things. And God, he always He always wants to do something new in our life. It's not that we need to get so caught up in like the the trend of new, but the reality of how God's infinite nature, in the, the infinite of his work in our life, the infinity of his work in our life is just so bigger, so bigger than we realize. And Isaiah is talking about making space For God to do new things in our life. Making space for the call of God in our life. Where it says in Romans chapter 13 in verse 11. It says, and do this knowing the time. That now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I love that. You want to know how, how close eternity is, how close Jesus' return is? It's nearer than when you first believed. I love the practicality of the word of God. It's closer. It's closer. Let our, let our intentionality, let our, the serious nature of, of our life and what we're doing, let it continually just settle in. And, and don't be afraid to, to let parts of you awaken again. You know, I'm going to tell you with all, with all both a little bit embarrassment and, and just all sincerity. You know, when we left when we had to leave that last season of our life, I often tell my wife very privately, and it's going to be very public now, but, but I often tell my wife, I said, you know, a, a part of me, some parts of me died. Some parts of me died, it, it feels like. Some parts of me died when I had to, when I had to leave that, that baby and that calling and that ministry. But there's the other side of that that I, I continue and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still just believing God. And I'm still seeking God that those parts will continually come back to life. Because some things just, some things just like they just broke. They broke. And it was just brokenness. And it's just, just, just the brokenness of what happens in life. And sometimes things just break. 
And over the past years, I mean, obviously a lot of those, a lot of those things have come back to life. But in all honesty, before all of us today, there's still, there's still a number of areas. Some things I never want to come back. My wife says, amen. Some areas we never want to come back because some areas are broken and and in humility we become different people and the Lord rebuilds us into a more humble, a more just a whole different type of person, minister, father, husband. But there's other areas that that were that were broken that that need to come back to life. And I'm continually saying, Lord, just Lord, just let those let those areas awaken. And as I get bolder in, in the years ahead, I'm sure more of, because there are some s- specific things that I'm just not prepared to share today. But I'm just believing God that these areas would just continually come back to life. And, and that's what this scripture here is talking about, where it says, talks about the awakening, the awakening in Romans 13, 11, Now is high time to awaken out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. Not letting the brokenness of the past, not letting, not letting the, the life and what life has brought to us unexpectedly, not let that hold us down. But to awaken to the Lord and to allow God to continue to do new things. Making space, just two more, making space with the things that we possess. And we hit on this a little bit in, in the offering teaching but in Luke chapter 12 verse 33 it says sell your possessions give to the needy provide yourselves money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys and so we have to be a people who make space in what we possess we got to get out of ourselves. We have to understand that what we possess, God has placed in our hands, yes, for our lives and our families, but he's also placed in our hands to be used for his glory. And if we can just get out of, of the whole comparing thing and, and the whole just kind of keep up thing and just realize that God has placed things in our hands to provide yourselves money bags that do not grow old. So continue to use our possessions, the possessions that the Lord has placed in our life as the Lord leads, as opportunity provides for itself to use these possessions unto the glory of God. Number seven, and just most practical of this is Psalms 90, verse 12. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom making space in how you plan your week, making space how you plan your month, your year, etc., numbering your days. It's obvious that for some of us, New Year is a time where today, for, for many of us in the room, New Year is just another day. And there's just some of us that were built like that. It's just today's just another day. And there's some of us who today is, is more significant than another day, and we, we just use it as, a, as an opportunity to just replan, to recreate. I'm, I'm individually, personally, I'm probably one that, I mean, if I waited to today to, like, replan, I'm behind the, I'm behind the curve. 
you know, so I'm, I'm working on this from October, you know, I'm, I've got budgets for year 2024, you know, and 2025 already kind of on my computer and, and things. So, so I'm kind of one that just constantly thinking big picture long term. But here we are when we talk about just what are we doing next week that might be a little different. What are we doing this month? That might be a little different. It's the whole idea of making space. First of all, make a plan. Look at the person next to you and say, make a plan. Make a plan. I mean, make a plan for, for, for your week, for your year. Make a plan and, and make space in that plan for Jesus. Let me say it a little bit more directly. Perhaps make a little more space. For Jesus in that plan as we're talking about making space for Jesus in 2023. There is a time, a day, there's a tomorrow that's on the horizon that has no tomorrow after it. I want you to think about that for a moment. There is a tomorrow that is near approaching that no longer has a tomorrow. When we start to think about our plan in our life in terms of there's a tomorrow without a tomorrow, then everything gets a little bit more, a lot more serious. So let's be mindful in how we're making space in our weeks, in our months, in our year for the Lord. And then lastly, I just wanted to encourage you, and this kind of goes on the lines with number six on on new things. It's kind of random though. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. It says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which were seen were not made of things which are visible. Our God. The nature of our God is he is a creator. He creates things. He's created everything we see. He's created you. He's created this plan and this purpose for your life. And in us, his people, by nature, we have the ability to create. I want to just encourage all of us. There, there are many of us, actually, that are stepping out into new careers, stepping out into new businesses, stepping out into new areas that will require creating creating opportunity, creating work, creating clients, creating products, creating all sorts of things. And I just want to encourage you today that in 2023, don't be afraid to get out and start creating something new. I pray that the Lord would begin to drop and continually drop ideas, new ideas, new thoughts in your mind as you're pursuing these new careers and businesses and revenue streams, ministries, ideas for your family, ideas for your children, that you have it in you, like your creator, you have it in you to create in order to bring provision and to give glory unto the Lord in Jesus' name. That was a weird last one there, but let's go ahead and stand to our feet today, and I just want to pray for us and... and um, we're just going to pray today and close. You want to?
Uh, yeah, go ahead and come. Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes, everybody in this, this house today. Hallelujah. New year, new beginning, new things. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Just take a moment. Just take a moment and just, just see what comes to your heart and your mind right now. Hallelujah. You know, at, in the house of next week, here in this house, we'll be sharing new ideas, some new things that we're doing, that we're stepping out and believing God. And it's, um, it's some new things for this house, believing that God will just you continue to use this house in increased, increased ways that the plan of God would just continually come to pass in people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you glory and honor today, Lord. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands just as a sign of surrender. If you're willing to just surrender this year, surrender your life to the plan and purposes of God, just lift up your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and just move upon the hearts and the minds of your people, the spirits of your people, Lord, filling us with, with expectation, Lord. Expectation, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, an expectation of good, <laughs> an expectation of future good, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we give you glory and honor today, Lord. Lord, we make space for you. Lord, at this, at this moment, Lord, there's not a whole lot that we can do at this very second except to make space to decide in our heart that, that 2023 is going to be a year that we, that we make more space. And Lord, that we can make a decision right now, Lord, that we can go home today. We can go home this week and we can prayerfully listen, Lord for your voice, Lord, to, to get into your word, to hear your voice, and Lord, to keep the things that you instruct us to do, Lord, to be doers of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we give you all the glory. Hallelujah, Lord, we give you all the honor today. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. We're